What's up, people? This is 28 Minutes or Less, episode 19. Um, got a special guest on with me. Um, he's actually a person I work with a lot. Uh, this is the only the second guest I've had on this podcast. Um, this is a solo podcast I usually do by myself. But what I want to talk about today, the subject matter today is the biggest snakes. And I wanted to have a conversation with somebody. I didn't want to do it by myself. So this is the co-host with me, with the podcast, Viewers Anonymous. I got my guy, Scoots Bronson, on. How you feeling, man? Man, feeling good, man. Feel good to be here, brother. How about yourself, man? Hey, man, I'm maintaining, man, maintaining. Just, uh, you know, disappointed, like I was telling you before we started recording about the last podcast that I had lost. And, you know, that's just one of those things, you know, you put you put it in the bag and hopefully you can pull it out and do even better the next time. So hopefully that one that I lost, that I did with the homie Casey, hopefully we can do it even better the next time. Oh, yeah, man. Um, man, if y'all get a chance to redo that one, man, I'd like to be a part of that, too. The conversation we had about uh, what y'all was talking about was pretty sweet. Um, but just real quick, man, you know what I'm saying, just to brighten your spirits up a little bit, I don't know if you checked the, uh, you know what I'm saying, the, the numbers or not, but the last episode we did of yours, Anonymous, speaking of that, man, um, we got up to 44 plays. Oh shit! That's what's up. I would look. Yeah. I wish I had some damn air horns or something. I know, right? Hey, hey. that's from that was from the the, uh, the one before. We only had nine, so you know what I'm saying. We we making some shit happen, man. That's what's up, man. Look, I told you I felt good about that one, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, like it yeah. was it was like that. Those just one of those times where you know where. You just stumble across something, man, and I just I just stumbled yeah. across that, and I was like, oh shit! I was like, man, let me hit scoops up about this, man, and I just mm-hmm. felt like that was something that was very fascinating for the people that don't know. That was uh, we did a uh, episode on outcry, and that was this mm-hmm. uh, docu series on Showtime, and I just stumbled across it one day, watched all five episodes, and I thought it was one of the most interesting things that I've seen, and I said, I gotta hit scoops up, man. You started watching it and you text me, dude. I think I think you was on like the first episode, first or second episode, and yeah. you text me and you was yeah. like, "Yo, this shit is wild." That shit was nuts. And um, the funny the funny thing is, is that I seen uh after after I got done watching it, and after we did the episode, I think a week after that, I start seeing um some clips pop up on uh my YouTube about it. So I seen a, I seen a couple clips about it on YouTube. I seen the original um, news clip that they had about it before he had ended up even getting arrested and everything when they was just doing the investigation. And then I seen the interview that they did with him while he was locked up. And then it was um, it was pretty it was pretty crazy to be able to sit go back and see that you know what I'm saying live and in action. And then knowing everything that I knew from the doc that was that was pretty crazy, bro. That's what's up, man. Hey, I hope I hope that keeps growing, man. So for the people who have so, not have not heard that, go check out the Viewers Anonymous, the last episode that we did, Outcry. Um, you know, we we in we got to start uh, start our discussion on the next thing that we're gonna do, but that's something that we could yeah. do off air. And uh, so, like I was saying, the subject matter today is the biggest snakes, man. Um, and what I mean by that is um, the people that we're going to zero in on, um, two people are from the same movie, uh, which is Mitch. Not Mitch. Uh, not Money Making Mitch. Money Making Mitch was good. <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> but um, but Mitch's uncle, Ice, and also Rico, those are the two from um, the movie Paid in Full. And then Mickey from the Casino movie, uh, Martin Scorsese movie, um, and then the other person is Bishop from Juice. Now we did a Viewers Anonymous on Juice, and like, yep. but we'll get into that. But where I want to start is, I told you um, before we started, I wanted us to bring a sleeper in here, um, a person that, because uh-huh. I came up with those names myself, but I was like, it may be someone that you wanted that you that it popped up in your head that wasn't one of these four people. So I was like, you know, come up with a sleeper. I have a sleeper. So, who do you have as your sleeper snake? Okay, so my sleeper snake, man, um, is is 
it's kind of out of the ordinary, but um, because I'm a, a big fan of these two movies, um, well, you can't call it a franchise if it's only two movies. So I just say uh, a movie and a sequel. Um, from the Now You See Me uh, movie, Dylan Rose. Now, for the people who don't know anything about Now You See Me, Now You See Me is about um, a group of magicians who basically join this secret fraternity and they um, they do like heists and shit like that. But they use magic and, and able, they use like David Blaine type magic and able, you know what I'm saying, enable them to pull these heists off. And um, spoiler alert for anybody who didn't see it, I'm sorry, I gotta break the news. Dylan Rhodes is the guy who's behind this whole thing. But the reason I say that he's my sleeper snake is because he also works for the FBI. And the FBI is who's actually looking for this group of people trying to figure out who who these people are that's committing all these heights. And so he um, he basically recruits four different magicians and each one has, you know what I'm saying, a specific skill set that he likes and, and they use it. And they basically he, he uses the FBI and he uses the magicians basically to get back at um, a guy who he thought was the reason that his dad died. That's the whole premise of the first movie. And then in the second movie, he continues this, but he basically ends up leaving them hanging out to dry in the second. So, you know what I'm saying? It's full of deceit. Um, it's full of trickery. You know what I'm saying? You you don't know who to trust. You don't know who's who and what's what. Um, and there's the characters played by Mark Ruffalo, which, you know what I'm saying, we talked about a bunch of times before um, on the Viewers Anonymous podcast about how great he is as an actor. And he does a great fucking job at being um, this deceitful, manipulative, manipulative, I don't know why I can't pronounce that. But, you know what I'm saying, he does a great job at being a snake, so I just want to give him that that sleeper pick, man. Okay, that's that's a good one. I seen both of those films. Um, I like the I like the second one a little better because it had your girl. Uh, uh, what's her name? She played uh in the second season of Castle Rock. She played the misery character. I can't remember what her name is. I know exactly what you're talking about. I can't remember her name too. Man, she was the, she was great comic relief. Yes, man. Yes, she she yeah. got that that natural yeah. funny way. It's like. She kind of yeah. reminds me of somebody like a um like a Vince Vaughn. It's like she does it like yeah. effortless. Like it's not even like yeah. it's like they're not trying to be funny, but it just comes off funny. So she did mm-hmm. bring a very good comic relief to that. So uh that was a good one, man. That was a good one. The one I got, man, um some people may view it differently, but I got I got Tony Montana, man, from from Scarface. Uh, uh, biggest snake. Because the thing is, like, his character, you, you, for me, anyway, the, I kind of rooted for him. You know what I'm saying? But then, like, throughout the film, you start to see these little things. Like, number one, like, the, his biggest flaw was his temper. Like, he, like, his temper would, like, fuck up everything. And the reasons why I say he was a snake, now, when it came to, when it came to Frank, right? He was loyal to Frank, even though Frank Mann set him up in that um when they went to go pick up the uh the coat from that hotel room and it got hey, his you boy kid. Yeah. And <laughs> and that was that's like the chainsaw the chainsaw scene, you know, in the shower. So yeah. he was able to bring the money and the, like he said, like what they called in the movie the Yale. So that he knew that that would be his end with Frank. So he knew Frank was, I don't think that he thought it was Frank. I think he knew it was Frank's man that didn't like him. But he saw his girl. That's the first problem. You work for this man. You know what I'm saying? Find your own girl. So he's behind the scenes trying to hook up with Frank's girl. All right, so when he killed Frank, he was right to kill Frank. So I'm not mad about him killing Frank. Now, 
some of his motives of why he killed Frank was because he, one of them was because he wanted his girl, but the other thing was Frank tried to kill him because he was doing shit on the side. I'm not mad about him doing shit on the side. But when it came to Frank, him trying to take his girl, that's some snake shit. Now, the other snake <laughs> shit that he did, the other snake shit that he did was with Sosa. Okay? Yeah. Now, he got in good with Sosa. For number one, he got in good with Sosa to cut Frank out. That's another way he was able to cut Frank out, and that's why he ended up. That's why Frank went to kill him anyway, because he was negotiating behind his back. All right. For him to get a come up, that's fine. I'm not mad at him for doing that. What I'm mad about is, listen, when he asked him to blow up that car. Now, this wasn't just saving Sosa. This was saving like four other people too. You know what I'm saying? That was in that game. Was it wrong? Was it right because he didn't want to blow up the car with the kids in it? I get it. But when you in this game, you know what I'm saying? Hey, <laughs> Survival of the fittest, man. Those kids hey, had to go. Picking and yeah. Picking and kids got to go. So he's a snake for fucking over Sosa. Then, what really back down, I've always wondered, like, see, one of my siblings, like my sister, like, we, she's seven years older than me. So, like, even though I used to, I used to, like, I remember growing up, like, I used to hate when, like, she would have a boy over Cause I used to, I was the little brother that was sitting there and eyed the dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, like why you went here talking to my sister? You know what I'm saying? So like, yeah. But like, I just cared about my sister. This motherfucker really liked this sister. <laughs> so this was yeah. some crazy shit. So you had this crazy relationship with his sister. Now, would you want one of your homeboys to fuck with your sister? All right, maybe you wouldn't. But at the same time, nah, man, he could he could trust Manny though, bro. He couldn't trust that, Manny with his sister. That's why it's some snake shit. This motherfucker shoot his yeah. main man. He did, he did Manny wrong. Yeah, he shoot his main dude and fuck his sister over at the same time. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. That's 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 some snake shit. And like once that shit happened, it was like, man, this dude, this dude is fucked up, man. Like he, like I was rooting, for, like you started to root for him. And then it's like, then the more and more the movie went on, you was like, totally kind of fucked up. So, yeah. that's that's my that's my sleeper snake. I don't, and, and, he fuck, and he fucked the girl over too. Don't which, forget which, about that part. Yeah, about that part. You talking about, um, oh, Michelle with, Pfeiffer. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, oh, yeah, that shit he pulled in the fucking, uh, dirty, in the, um, in the restaurant. That was, that was some snake Not shit. That, that part and um, what was the what was the one part? He was in the hot tub and he was talking about fly pelican fly. Yeah, yeah, he did, he did that one, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was yeah, fucked up. Man. Like he he did treat her like shit, and that, but that was yeah. I forgot. I'm glad you brought that up because that was some real fucked up shit. Like to sit there and tell those people that she couldn't even have a baby and and all this type yeah, shit man. and dirt bag shit. Man. Yeah, that's yeah, that was a dirt bag shit. Now the speech on the way out. <laughs> That's the all-time speech, though. I'm sorry. <laughs> that shit, that shit was hard, man. And that, and you hear that in a lot of fucking like rap songs, dude. That say hello uh-huh. to the bad guy. You know that that was that was uh-huh. like that was just one of those like classic moments in a movie. Like, like, like I know your boy uh, Bill Simmons. Like they, they got a, a, pod, a podcast called The Rewatchables. And they'll do a, a, re- a rewatchable moment. That's a rewatchable, a re- damn, if I can say it, a rewatchable moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in there. Yeah. So that was, that and, was um, hard. Speaking, speaking of the rewatchables, did you see the um, the one they did about higher learning with Van Lathan? Yes, I did. I did hear that, that one. Good. That was that a good one. Good one. He bought, and, and you know something that I do like, and it, some people might think it's fucked up, but I don't think it is. He did. They did one on the very first Bad Boys, which is not a bad idea mm-hmm. to do. But he brought Van back in, and I think yeah. that when you doing a, a, I mean, and they was talking about this. I don't really consider it a black film, but the two main characters are black, so I felt like him bringing Van 
And he brought some other dude in, too. I believe that dude was black, too. I think that was a smart decision by Bill Simmons to bring him in on a movie like Bad Boys. Because I think that when you're doing a movie that's that could move the the black community, I think you should have a black voice to speak on that. Yeah. So I thought that was I thought that was really smart. I just listened to that. Uh, actually, I listened to that this week. Now they did it a while back. I was just strolling through because sometimes they do some movies I don't really care too much about. But uh, and I yeah. seen they did Bad Boys, so I listened to that joint. Um. So man, I get into it. The um. Let's start. Let's start with Bishop, man. I think Bishop was more like it was some snake shit, but I think really uh, more of it was more bitch shit though. I think Bishop was more, I think he was more of a bitch than anything. Because, like, the whole thing is, Bishop was just jealous of Q, really. If you if you really look at it, if you just break it down in layman terms, he was really jealous of Q to pull all of the, all that stuff that he did, to be honest with you. I mean, that's the way I viewed it. I mean... Yeah, it it was it was jealousy, but I don't think it was necessarily the the, the jealousy that you saying. I think it was more so, um, you know, what I'm saying you got to remember, like Bishop Bishop lived a whole different life than the than the rest of them. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, what was uh, what's the dude name? Lil Khan. What was his character? Uh, Steel. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Steel. Who? Still. Still was the was the one with the kid. Oh no no no! You talking about Raheem? Raheem. 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 Yeah. No, still was the chubby fat dude. Yeah. I know you. That's um ah his name escaping me right now. But he was the one that uh that's the dude where uh Joe Clark it was about to tell him to jump off the roof and he was like you smoke crack don't you? That's, that's where I remember him from. But <laughs> but now um. You know what I'm saying? Like, everybody had their own little situation, and, like, still, you know what I'm saying, he he kind of had it good, you know what I'm saying? He was living with his mom, so he really wasn't in no, like, real bad situation, you know what I'm saying? He was living with his mom and his brothers and shit like that, but they still had everything together, you know what I'm saying? And then Raheem, you know what I'm saying, he was the oldest out of the group, and him having a kid, he was still, you know what I'm saying, like, getting it on his own, and he really didn't, well... The movie didn't really depict him having no real issues outside of him being a teenage father. Mm-hmm. And then with Q, you know what I'm saying? Q Q had it pretty good as well. You know what I'm saying? He uh he was living with his mom and his sister. He was supposed to I think he was like supposed to go out to college or some shit like that. But he didn't want to go out to college. He wanted to be a DJ. Like he had a he had a pretty good life. And then when you look at Bishop you know what I'm saying? He living with his dad and his grandma. His dad was going through, uh, I think, like PTSD or some shit like that from being in a war or like being on drugs or some shit like that. So he he was trying to find ways to take care of his dad and at the same time, you know what I'm saying, help his grandma out with that. You know what I'm saying with the household. So he, he to me, I felt like he just had a lot more on his shoulders than everybody else in the group, and he kind of looked at Q like. You know what I'm saying? You want to throw everything away to go be a DJ when you got all this shit ahead of you. You can be, you can make it out of this place. You can get out of here, and you know what I'm saying? You throwing it away to try to go be a DJ to win some DJ contest. When you know what I'm saying? In all actuality, like we all fighting to get up out of here, and you got away. You know what I'm saying? You just throwing it away. So I think that's how Bishop kind of looked at him. At the well, I would say. For the way that I interpreted it, I think that he was. I think that you have a great point with people having things to look forward to. Like I think that yeah. you know Raheem, you know Raheem had his kid, and mm-hmm. still, you know, still just had a foundation of a mother and a father and a brother in right. the home. And I think with Q, I don't think that I don't think Q was on his way to college. I think his mom was just trying to tell him that she wanted him to go to college, mm. and um, but she was saying that she wanted him to go to college to like to learn a trade or something, because she was saying that you know right. something like learn how to fix washing machines and lay carpet and all that type of stuff when she was you know getting him up yeah. for school. So I think that the way that I interpreted it, I think that that these people just had something 
for themselves, had something to look forward to. And I think that Bishop didn't have anything on the horizon. And I think that he was jealous of the fact of it seems like everybody had something going on except him. Like only thing he had going on. Right, right here. Yep. Yeah, and he was he was running in the Rhino Man's every damn day. So I think that he just didn't have yeah. anything. So the way he chose to go about it was as soon as he got a gun in his hands, like cause he was preaching like like I said when we did that um when we did that um classic podcast on it on Viewers Anonymous, like the 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 scene that changed everything was when um when you do tried to rob that bar and then got shot up and then the you know the big scene of it would have been five dead niggas instead of one. Shut up the blizz, man. Yeah, yeah, blizz, yeah. And I think that the the stuff that he because he was having that argument with Q saying that you ain't shit and he was like you know I tell your mama you ain't shit and I think that he had that in his head. But once he got that gun in his hand, that's when he started acting like, I think that he was, that's one of those things where you talk tough, but you don't do shit. But then when you get the gun, you talk tougher. And then you think that you are bigger than what you really are. And I think that that's a bishop. Like, I hate that shit. Like, okay, like that scene where Bishop was, he was trying to tell, um, he was trying to tell Q to go. Like, after he shot Raheem, they ran to that other thing, right? And they was down there talking. And so he was like, all right, y'all, let's go. And then Q didn't move. And then he pulled a gun out. I ain't playing. And it's like, I hate when people talk tough when they got a gun in their hand. It's like, it's like, you know, and I just felt like that was some bitch shit. And then, like, we, we know the whole scene of, you know, him killing Raheem. And then he kills, uh, I mean, I don't mind. I don't mind him killing uh, Ronnie Mans. Ronnie Mans didn't seem like you know what I'm saying the best dude ever. But then you know, but uh, to, but but the but the but the kill but the kill two of your friend will try. Well, uh, he killed one, attempted to kill another, and to try to blame it on Q. I just felt like that was some bitch shit. So I think yeah. it, I think it was some really snake stuff to sit here and really to try to. Kill two of the dudes that actually cared about you and set one of them up for the murders of those two dudes. That is just some snake stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the other person was who I was telling you. I was like, I had to go back to get everything, you know, in order. But Mickey, played by Joe Pesci in uh, Casino, and mm-hmm. you know, a lot of the snake shit he did, man. It, what I hated about Mickey, like the biggest thing I hated about Mickey was the fact of like I hate when people they they are doing the same thing that they cussing somebody else out for doing. Like like I remember the scene where <laughs> No, like like dude, I was so that, mad. That, 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 no, that describes that describes that character perfectly. Like, dude, he was that mad. Was perfect description. He was mad at like, okay. He had went to, he had went to the casino, and he wanted ten more grand. And he knew, like, dude told him, "Don't come to the casino because you hot. You know, you don't supposed to, we don't supposed to be around each other." So he goes to the casino anyway, and he's losing. And he's fucking mad because he's losing. So he's causing the scene, cussing everybody out, punching people, and all this shit, right? So he's acting the fool in the casino, right? But then. When Sam go to go get his wife, and then not only do he say, she's here with me. That shit, that shit burnt me up. He was like, she's here with me. But the whole thing is he's telling him, hey, be cool. I'm like, hold the fuck up. Didn't he tell you to be cool, but you come to his establishment and act a fucking fool. But when he come to your restaurant, you trying to tell him to be cool. That shit had me hot, man. Man, listen, Nikki is, oh my goodness, man. Nikki was the, the lifeline of that movie for me. Um, he, I look at Nikki as a dreamer. You know what I'm saying? He, he, had, he had a vision for him and his brother. You know what I'm saying? He was, um, was kind of out, he was really, he was kind of outside of everything to even begin with. You know what I'm saying? Like, he really, 
he was he was super loyal to Sam in the beginning. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He, he did all the dirty work. He, you know what I'm saying? He was the muscle. You know what I mean? Whenever something needed to be done, he was there to do it. Um, I think it all fell apart when Sam started to, you know what I'm saying? Uh, when Sam started to flex. You know what I'm saying? He, I think, I, I want to say that if I remember it, like he was trying to tell Sam not to even mess with old girl in, in, to begin with. I don't know. Like, I think uh, he was against. I, I don't I don't remember him ever saying anything to her or about her. I think that what he didn't like, what he reminded me of, he reminded me of Tommy and Ghost, right? Mm-hmm. Like Sam is Ghost. Like he's in the game. I'm trying to get out and I'm trying to right. go on a straight and narrow. Tommy and right. Nikki, they're like, hey. This is what we do. Like, we these type of people. These are the type of things that we do. He was like, you know, they would always tell each other, you changing, you changing. It's like, yeah, that's the whole fucking point. The whole yeah, point. See, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, he, that's what I was, that's what I really meant. But he was, he was trying to get Sam to understand, like, bro, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is our life. Like, you can't be this, you know what I'm saying, this casino owning uh, late night television host like dude you're not Johnny Carson you're a fucking mobster you're not a guy you know what I'm saying like that it, it was so much it was so much shit that Sam was just you know what I'm saying like he ended up being the, the fucking face of Vegas for a minute you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying with everything that he was doing and Nikki like bro like you do understand like all the shit we doing is illegal you make it shit super fucking hot and I think what ended up happening was Nikki kind of seen Sam's demise before it came to what it was. Cause I, I think like uh, even when he was talking to the to the big wigs, they had a problem with what Sam was doing at first. Until Sam started bringing that money in, and then it was like, well, well as long as he bringing his money in, it's cool. And then when he felt like they didn't have his back, that's when you know what I'm saying he put it upon himself to make sure that him and his brother, you know what I'm saying, pretty much just made sure that they was okay. And, you know, he 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 got all the way up until the end, he was holding it down. And then the way that they did him, man, was dirty. And and you just <laughs> just in what you just said, you did the same shit nigga did. Because you said that Sam was making the block hot. He was making the block hot as well because he was fucking doing this shit on the side, fucking shooting at people, shooting at cop houses because he started snorting coke. And then once he started snorting coke, he just got that out of control. Job. Yeah, but he was doing people. He was doing shit to people that he ain't even. That was it wasn't his even job, man. He was the muscle. Yeah, but he's picking fights with people he ain't even have to. Hey, listen. If, if, yes, he did, man. Listen, he felt defended. Yeah, this so is how true. How do you respond with some shit when you get mad? This is true. He got to, he got to get violent, man. This is true. And he then, to get violent. And then, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, some of the most biggest snake shit, especially the way that the mobsters live their life. Like, no matter what's going on, wives are off limits. Like, they oh, don't man. they don't give a shit about you having 20 side chicks whatever you get married to somebody you stay with them you don't divorce them like this is like you know you don't fuck around with them like they don't care if y'all fuck the same side chicks never mess with wives then mickey but nikki started fucking around with his wife and like i don't even put no blame on her because she was just he never she just one of those type girls she was just a person you have fun with. You don't, you don't wife, you don't wife those type of chicks. Like he's seen what type of hustler she was from the jump. Right. You know, so I don't even blame her because he knew that she couldn't stop messing around with her old pimp. So I think that Nikki should have. Wasn't she a prostitute? I don't think. Well, I mean, yeah, they, they, I think, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so. 
Mickey should have turned that down. He should have never. He should have never started banging her, and th and that was that was some snake. That was some snake shit, and I mean that's really, and and and, and the whole little thing of like bringing attention because like this is my thing. If if you in that type of business, and you got one person that's trying to go straight, like I think you tag on to that person, and he was bringing unnecessary FBI heat. On Sam when Sam was trying to get those um gaming license. And I thought that that was fucked up. So I just think that he brought unnecessary attention to him. So I think that he was doing his own thing that kind of brought down the organization. And that's what I'm saying. Just with him doing that, it, it messed up all the money for all the mobsters back home. So what they did to him, I would never say that was deserving, but Okay, that, we could we could not have seen the same movie. What you what you mean by that? Uh oh. Okay, so first off, Sam brought all that attention on his own. Hold on, but when though? Because I think that the only time that Sam brought attention to them was when. He went to go for the license, and they turned him down. And then he went on TV and started a TV show. That's when he started bringing heat to him. But I think when he was doing the job that he was doing, was he overboard with some shit? Like you know, he went crazy about blue buff, uh, blueberries in a muffin. Like that, all that type of shit wasn't necessary, you know. But I don't think that he was bringing attention to the people back home until he got turned down on them gaming license. Then he went on TV, and I think that that's when he started bringing attention to them. But before then, I don't think he yeah. was. The people, the people back home was already getting watched. They just, you know what I'm saying, that's just something that, you know what I'm saying, they just didn't go deeper into into the movie, but they was already being watched. It wasn't like they didn't know who these motherfuckers were. They knew who they was. Even if they didn't know who they were individually, they knew of them. When Sam started gaining his fame and Sam started rising up in the ranks, I told you, as soon as he started flexing, that's when everything fucking changed. Now, what Nikki did, once again, is what Nikki does. He's the muscle. You can't get mad at Nikki for doing his job. That's what. That's why he brought Nikki on to begin with. He already knew Nikki was uncontrollable. In the beginning of the movie, when when they go explaining who who is, he even talked about Nikki as an uncontrollable person. He called him like what a hothead or some shit like attention on himself when he married Ginger. Like you said, Ginger was for the streets. You're supposed to know. That you can't get with her if she's for the streets. So when he got with her, he tried to turn the hoe into a housewife. And you see what happened. Everything started going downhill from there. He started buying her all this stuff. He started he started buying all these big ass houses and shit. All these fancy cars. I think he bought like a pink Cadillac or something in the movie. No, no, you no, no, no. You confused it. That was that was good fellas. That was one of the dudes that bought. Uh, yeah, that okay. was yeah, that was Goodfellas. Which I get those movies confused all the damn time. Yeah, but he but he bought a he bought a fancy car in, in casino too though. He had a Cadillac. Cause remember she was. Yeah, well, okay, so it was a Cadillac. It wasn't pink though. Yeah, it wasn't pink. Yeah. Remember he was buying her furs. He was buying her diamonds and shit. Remember when he was kicking her out? And she was trying to get out of that shit and, and get her bags and all that. Yeah. I'm telling you, man, that's where he fucked up. He kicked her out, and then Nikki came to the rescue. He said, hey, Ginger, what's going on? Y'all know Sam tripping. This motherfucker been tripping. He want to be all on TV and shit. And they was agreeing. And then she was like, hey, you know, Nike's red. <laughs> so, Sam, so Sam brought it on himself, man. And he wasn't trying to be flexing. And trying to do everything else, everything would have been cool. Jay-Z told you, man. You know what I'm saying? I ain't a bitch, but I got to divorce him. Too much flossing. Too much Sam Ralph Come on, man. Yeah. 
He did. He did. Now he he brought he brought some. I'm not saying that he's blameless. I'm just saying that, like you said, he <laughs> knew he was uncontrollable and mm-hmm. and Mickey's got control. But the whole banging the wife that was that was you know what I'm saying that's some snake yeah. shit. Um, you know the last two. I don't even know where to start because they're Actually, both. Mickey is the victim in that man. <laughs> nah, I would I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far. Uh, he didn't. He didn't. Tell, he didn't. He didn't tell her to do that. Nah, he didn't. He didn't. But for for this to be your man's, for you, like he told her, uh-huh. I've known this dude for over twenty years, thirty years. You don't. You don't uh-huh. fuck. You don't fuck your man's wife that you don't know for that type. Of, I mean, even even if it ain't even. Well, he been kicked it. her out. What you mean? Sam kicked her out. Man, Sam loved that woman, man. <laughs> even when he kicked her out, man, he accepted her back. Just like, even with, like even in the scene with when he when she was on the phone, she was on the phone with the pimp dude, and then he called her and he drug her ass out and threw her out. She came back about two hours later, and then she get in the bed and he gonna hold her hand and some shit. Man, fuck that shit. Get out and stay out. <laughs> fuck. Man, I'm listen. <laughs> now, like these, now this one, this one's a little different, and this is why I'm gonna go ahead and reveal. Like my my biggest snake is one of these people. I won't reveal it yet, but so Ice and Rico from Paid in Full. Like uh-huh. now, the thing about Rico, like that was an American gangster about Rico. Like Rico had his own reputation. Of being a dude that was too flashy, yeah, was, he was reckless. You know what I'm saying? He used to ride. Out there was based off real people, wasn't it? Yes, yes, yeah. in full is a real yeah. story. Um, yeah. and so Rico had his own thing. Like he met Mitch when he was locked up. Um, Mitch got into a little altercation. Rico helped him out, so Mitch felt obligated to win. You know, cause Mitch got out first, and then Rico got out. Mm-hmm. He brought him on. But he didn't know that when he got locked up, the ace now got to come up because he was delivering, you know what I'm saying, doing his his uh, his uh uh dry cleaning shit, making deliveries and stuff, yep. and ended up finding some um some coke or cocaine or whatever. I think it was cocaine. Found some cocaine in a pocket. Yep. So he goes to deliver it to my man's. And my man's like, do you know what this is? And he was like, yeah. He was like, I was just returning it to you. And he was like, well, how about I give you this? So he bring, he flips Ace to Ace start selling. So when Mitch got out, Ace is the man now. So the whole plan, yeah. So the whole plan was for Mitch to bring Rico on with him. But then the whole plan switched up because Ace is the man now. So he bring in Mitch, so Mitch bring in Rico. And I think Ace had a problem with Rico, but, you know, he was just like, well, you know, he saved you while you was in the joint. That's what's up. So Rico was just one of those hotheads that, you know, he he was just the guy that always was – he, he was the brightest guy in the room. Like, he, he's the loudest guy in the room. He's got to be the one – you know, he's making fucking sex tapes and shit. Like – just out of control. Oh man, the, the infamous Dougie. The infamous Dougie. Yeah, yeah, that was the, that was the original Dougie. And so the original Dougie, yes sir. So then he, uh, you know what? What really made him a snake, and that's when you have to break because you can see you can see like the jealousy because there was some there was some situations where he wanted to go pretty much ape shit on a situation. But Ace was more calculated. You know what I'm saying? Ace was the type of person yep. where he thought things through. And Rico was just, he just act. He don't think, he just act. And he didn't like the way Ace would be cautious about things. So you could see that mm-hmm. that there was a buildup, uh, you know, for something, you know, catastrophic to happen. So that's when you have to bring in, you got to bring Ice in. Now, Ice... It's one of those dudes, you know what I'm saying? When you think about Young Dro, you listen to a Young Dro song, he'd be like, you know, all my uh, crackhead uncles live in my mama house. You know? So Ace... Don't nobody live with my 
junkies. For junkies, that's right. Yeah. And that's what Ice mm-hmm. was. And so, so at Mitch's house, it was Mitch, his little brother, his uncle Ice, and his mom. And so he didn't like Ice around because Ice would be doing, you know what I'm saying? He would be doing heroin or whatever. He was shooting up in the house. And he was always jealous of him. That there, there was a scene where Mitch went into the store and Ice was sitting there talking to the clerk or whatever. And he was like, money making Mitch. You know what I'm saying? All this type of stuff. <laughs> and, you can, <laughs> and you can see it. He's like, he's, he's, he's jealous of him, you know? And this is the biggest snake shit ever. I still won't reveal which one until a little later. But so what Ice decides to do is he kidnaps his own fucking nephew to blackmail Mitch. So Mitch goes to Ace and like Ace, these ransom, like the ransom money, I don't have it. And and Ace was like, look, I got this brick over here. If you sell this brick, that should give you enough money to get Sonny back. So he goes to, and see, Ace is out the game because Ace got shot up over another snake motherfucker. Yep. Um, but his sister ex-boyfriend, he got mad because he... Hell, you have them big-ass glasses on. And uh, Calvin, that's his name, fucking Calvin. So Calvin is yep. mad at him because he wants his old cornerback. He's like, yo, like, and that's what I'm saying. Ace is smart. He's like, dude, you hot. You just got out. I can't give you your old block back because, you know what I'm saying, you might get pinched again. So Calvin is mad because he can't get what he wants. He feels that he shouldn't be working under Ace. So he ends up robbing Ace, shooting Ace moms, his sister, uh-huh. you know what I'm saying, and, and robs him and shoots him in the head. But he ended up not dying. So Ace is out the game because of the shit that Calvin did. So fast forward back uh-huh. to him talking to Mitch, and he told Mitch, "Well, look, I got this brick. You go sell the brick, and that can get you the money to get Sonny back." So the only person he knows that he felt that he can trust, I can go to Rico. So he goes to Rico. Yo, look, I got this brick. I need you to help me sell it to get uh, Sonny back. And so Rico like, oh, so you got that in the bag? He's like, yeah, this dirty motherfucker shoots Mitch, kills Mitch, and takes the fucking ransom money. That is some fucking snake shit. Don't forget. Don't forget. Don't forget. He also killed Calvin after Ace told him not to. Yes, he did. And and like I say, cause and that's the, the and that was another thing that you could see like how upset he was. He was like, dude, anytime somebody do some shit like that, man, uh-huh. you got you to gotta get them back, man. You got to show them who's bothering He's like, yo, look, I'm out. You know what I'm saying? That shit is done. And, he, you know, he went and killed him anyway and gave him his chain because he snatched his chain off of him and gave him the chain. And yep. so that was a snake shit because he chose money over Mitch, little brother. And then he goes back to Ace, and Ace sets him up because he told him that, you know, Mitch told me that he was meeting up with you. He was like, oh, man, I never seen him, man. I never got to him. And, oh, man, that's fucked up. What happened to Sonny, you know, all this type shit. And so there was some two dudes that kept asking to buy some shit from Ace. Ace, he knew it was something funny about him. He would never sell to him. So he hooks them up. With Rico, and then come to find out, they ended up being the feds. Now, do I think Ace is a snitch? No, I don't think Ace is a snitch. I think Ace just had a feeling they was the cops. Now, I think Rico got what he deserved. Like, that was one of those type situations, because once you figure out the outcome of what ended up happening, because of, of what Rico did... Now, don't get me wrong. This is all Ice's fault. But... With mm-hmm. Rico doing what he did, it messed the whole thing up. Now this is the crazy part. Like, dude, they they was cutting they was cutting uh, fingers off of Sonny. I think Sonny was twelve years old, 
and was sent. This dirty motherfucker yeah. was cutting his nephew's finger off and sending it to the fucking house where he stayed. This is some sick shit, and this shit yeah. really fucking happened. And so then, all over some money, all over money, and so then they tracked it back. They end up killing him, and then you know, with the evidence being left behind, they found out that Ice was responsible for what happened. So. My biggest snake of all this is ice. Because how could you kidnap your own nephew to bribe your other nephew just over some money that you was going to shoot up your arms anyway? Mm. I ain't with you, man. Um, However, I, I slightly disagree. Uh, The biggest snake in all this, man, was Nick. You know what I'm saying? Um, Nikki did everything that he did for selfish reasons. Uh, I know that, you know what I'm saying, he was super loyal to Sam, and he was Sam's muscle, and you know what I'm saying, he was ride or die for, or he appeared to be ride or die for Sam, but when it was all said and done, man, um, like you said, a lot of this shit would have never happened to Sam, a lot of shit would have never happened to the organization if it wasn't for Nikki. you know what I'm saying, things would have been a lot, lot smoother had Nikki just stayed under Sam wing. And play second in command, but you know what I'm saying. He he wanted to be the top dog. He wanted to be the man. Not only did he get himself killed, uh, he got his brother killed as well. You know what I'm saying? And uh, by the most horrible death possible, getting beat with metal baseball bats and then thrown in the desert uh, grave. So you know what I'm saying? I, I think Nikki is the biggest snake, bro. And you gotta also mention that was buried alive while they were still breathing. Definitely, yeah, definitely buried alive. And and like I said, and, and that's another true story. Now we don't know what was fabricated because the people that really, I mean, this is really Sam's story. You know what I'm saying? Like the real life Sam. So we don't mm-hmm. know how factual mm-hmm. he told his side. That's just like Goodfellas. Goodfellas is a true story. And we don't know how factual that could be because the dude that told the story was the dude that's in protective custody. So, you know... It, well, the, the the casino movie, and I'm, I'm glad we even talking about this, because this is actually one of my all-time favorite movies. But the casino movie is is not necessarily um, a true story. It's more of a fact-based story. What they basically did was he gave accounts of certain things that happened in his life, and then they basically just built around that to make it as authentic as possible getting the information from him because technically he couldn't really say the stuff that was really going on. You know what I'm saying? Because he, you know, did what he did. But so all of the stories or everything that you've seen in the movie, it actually happened, but the names, some of the stuff was over-exaggerated. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a, it's just basically he told the story to them in order for them to basically get the information and make a movie out of it. Yeah, I see what you're saying. And that and that's why I think that these people, other than Bishop, um, all of these people that this is this is things that actually really happen. And I think that's what make them being like the biggest like snakes out of these movies. Mm-hmm. Now now there's other people and like and like Scarface is a fictional thing. But I, I just think that because, see, the thing is, I actually seen the American Gangster on Rico. No, Scarface is based off of, Scarface is based off a of real story, too. It's, yeah, but I think that, but and Scarface is also a remake. But I think that the that the remake, the old one from the 30s is not really the same. It's, it's not really the same film. No, no, no. Um, yeah. And it was named something different, too. Um, right. But... Yeah, it's 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 based it's it is about the Cuban takeover type thing. Um, yeah, that's that. There you go. That's basically how it is. It's it's not about a specific person. It's more so just the transition and the the history of Cubans coming to my the immigration coming to my uh, Miami, taking kind of taking over Miami with the whole drug game and everything like that, and then the situation that happened because um I remember on. I believe it was stolen time. He was talking to uh, Uncle Washington about um, 
the shootout that happened in Miami with the Cubans. And um, that's actually linked to the Scarface story. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. But I feel like, I feel like though, um, like I was saying, I seen the um, the American Gangster on Rico first, and then I seen Payton for right. it. And it was just right. to link those two things together, and it's just like, yo, like, for an innocent kid to have nothing to do with nothing and just to see the things that family members would do for money, you know, I just felt like that is just some of the biggest thing. And now, now people will sell their family out, like, like it ain't nothing now. Like we we see people, you know, turning their family over some over some shit that they're doing, but they'll sit there and blame the family member on it so that they can go scot free. So I I just felt like Ice was really the biggest snake man that um that I've seen in any film, and I think that with a lot of the stuff that we're talking about, you know, other than Bishop and um and the now you um now you see me joints. Is that these other people are actual, actually factual people of stuff that really happened, and I just think that you know a twelve-year-old Sonny, you know, was was locked in a, I don't know, a basement somewhere in New York, getting tortured, and I mean, I don't know how they fed the kid, but you know, I don't know if he had a bag over his head the whole time, just to really think about, you know, put yourself in the shoes yeah. of of Sonny, and. And to think that you was put there because of your uncle, but then you could have been saved, but the person that they thought that they could trust ended up taking the money mm-hmm. that could have turned into the ransom money, which made Rico's. Cause I would go, I would go Ice, Rico, and then me, um, Nikki. Uh, as far as so it's, okay, so real quick. For the people who, um, for the people who are listening, if y'all want to know a little bit more about the Payton Full story, it's about Alpo, AZ, and Rich Porter. Um, they are the actual three people that the characters Ace, Mitch, and Rico are based around. So, for anybody that really want to dive into it and, and go watch Payton Full and then go watch the American Gangsters and do some more research, it's Alpo, AZ, and Rich Porter. Yeah, yeah, Apple, Apple is Rico, and I, he was, he was, oh, that dude, that dude was wild, man, like, you know, just one of those flamboyant dudes, like, when when I watched that one, that one was one of the ones that wasn't, because when, when I used to watch those, man, like, I didn't watch them to glorify gangsters, like, I watched right. them to, like, a lot of these dudes, were very smart, like very smart. And they ran this stuff like a business. And I would watch it to see how these dudes would run this stuff like a corporation. And if people, if if people wouldn't put in certain situations that was put in and actually could have put that, you know, if like a bank would give them a loan or anything like that, that I yeah, think these yeah, people would have been yeah. successful businessmen. You know, when you think about the Chamber Brothers, like like the Ten Crack Commandments, Biggie got that from the Chamber Brothers. The Chamber Brothers yeah. put I forgot what they called it. Um, they what they called it the Ten Commandments, the Ten Commandments, the Ten Crack Commandments. Yeah. I think it was the Ten Crack Commandments. Like they got that Biggie got that from the Chamber Brothers. Like, right. you know, there was um there was one on Jeff Fort. Like Jeff Fort, like was this joint dealer in Chicago. Like he ran that shit like a business. Like it, it was it was really smart the way that they did it. It was these one dudes who used to steal art in California, and like because they would you know they would rob like they robbed, but he was like they would. Like just normal people would, would break into a Beverly Hills house and just steal jewelry and take money. He was like, they'll walk right past a painting that's worth, you know, two million dollars. So like right. it's like to have that type of knowledge of like knowing like how much art costs and stuff like that. Like these dudes, like some of these dudes was really smart. The one on Alpo was just he was just, you know what I'm saying, just a, a reckless dude 
who made a little money and like and just really being involved well not directly involved with the uh, kidnapping of um of Sonny but you know being the the person that messed the whole thing up by taking the money that was going to go towards getting him out so yeah right. that was that was I appreciate you bringing that up the real names of the people who actually did that yeah yeah so yeah man that um, was real quick um I had, okay, so this is the thing. I had two sleeper picks. And uh, my second sleeper pick, which I'm not, I, I kind of debated it on even bringing it up, but I figured since we got this far into it, I might as well go ahead and continue um, this, this great conversation. But for anybody who is into, like, the, the older cultures, like the 70s and 60s and stuff like that. I know I am personally. Um, if you watch Superfly, the original Superfly, not the new one that they did with the light-skinned dude in Atlanta, with, and they gave him like a perm and, and a comb-over. Yeah, but Trevor the original Jackson. Superfly, yeah, that was, that was crazy. Um, <laughs> but the original Superfly, right, um, is a black exploitation film about um, a, a guy named Priest. And Priest is uh, is a partner with a guy named Eddie. And they are some of the biggest cocaine dealers in New York. And um, in, the, in the movie Superfly, Eddie crosses Priest. And um, they work for, uh, I think the dude's name is the, the fat man or the big man or the it's something like it's like it's something like the fat man or the big man or something like that. I ain't seen this movie since I was like ten, so you gotta forgive me. I'm just going off of memory. But um, I shouldn't have been watching that shit at ten either. But so <laughs> they work for this. <laughs> they work for this dude, and Priest is, is basically like how uh, Ace was. You know, what I'm saying he he working on the scheme to get out the game, and Eddie gives him like this long dissertation about how if he get out the game, he's not going to be the same. He won't be able to do what he, what he think he's going to do. He, he meant for the game. The game is supposed to be where he's supposed to be at. And Eddie eventually ends up setting him up at the end. But Priest ends up meeting this girl. And, you know what I'm saying, he's trying to He's trying to get out of the, you know what I'm saying, the whole cocaine uh, cocaine game. But he always is like one or two steps ahead. And eventually, you know what I'm saying, he find out that Eddie was the one who got over on him or was the one who was trying to get over on him. And then he basically changed all that shit around. But Eddie was one of my nominees for this uh, conversation as well because he did my man Priest super dirty. And Priest was the one that was trying to tell him how to get the fuck out and how they could be successful by getting out. And then Eddie just didn't want to do it. You know the crazy part is, I just saw that I saw the old well the new Superfly first, then the yeah. old one, and I just watched the old one. It was actually like earlier this year or the end of last year. It was my first time watching. Okay. It. And um, yeah, you you are a hundred percent right. But what what was crazy was his fucking car, man. His car was wild, yo. This motherfucker had windshield wipers on his lights. Oh. That shit, well, that shit was crazy. On, but on, something man. else. Hey, Priest, was, Priest was doing it big. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Then he started like he started out like he was in the bed with like this white woman, and you're thinking like, dude, like this yeah. is the '70s, yo. This is wild. And then like the next thing you yeah. know, he's with this black lady. But then, but I will say, the one thing about this movie is. Curtis Mayfield did the whole soundtrack to this joint. Oh, oh my man. god, though. And he performed in the movie. And he, yes, he performed in the movie in that in that club the where oh boy Priest went man. went to meet the dude in the yes. back. Man, yes. yo, Curtis Mayfield killed that. Like, like Oh, you you talking about um Oh, what is dude's name, man? Um Oh my God! Hold on, wait a minute. I I gotta I gotta find his name. I know because uh, Scatterman. Oh, yep. He was he he was the one who was 
Scatterman's club. Yeah, man. They, yeah, that was yeah. Put, I'm look, I'm about to say Pusher Man because that's one of the songs that he did. But, no, that, that's the song he performed in the club. Yeah, but uh, Priest. Yeah, yeah. What what happened to Priest? Yeah, that was fucked up. And and like and like oh like he always would bring that up like those black exploitation films and he was like. It was just really like a dude that was, you know, basically just like his whole mission was to get out of the game. And it's like this whole cycle, like, dude, it's 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 in almost everything that you see, like every movie, not every, a lot of the movies that come out about drug dealers, a lot of them are trying to get out and they got that one that like they they number one don't want to get out the game. And they ended up fucking them yeah. over in some fashion or form. Like even in power, like Always, even though even though Tommy didn't he never flipped on him or anything like that. It was just the fact of Tommy was being hot headed and Tommy wanted to stay in the game and they didn't yeah. want to break up that friendship. But you can't have one person who got one foot in and one foot out, but he's trying to pull that foot uh-huh. in. Well, no, no, no. He's trying to pull that foot out. And then you got one dude who, you know what I'm saying, two feet, you no, know, ten toes in, and they don't want to budge, yeah. and they bringing heat upon themselves. And then because they getting heat, they pulling that heat on you while you trying to get out. And it's like, that stuff goes all the way back. Look, dude, we're talking about, I mean, that movie came out in the 70s. And it's the, it's the same, it's, it, yeah. It's the it's the same premise of power that just did they last. Well, now the book of power, the power, what is it? The book of yeah, the book of power is it's two thousand and twenty, and a lot of it is the same. It's the same thing. So yeah, I can see that. That's that's a good one. That that's a good one to to mention there. Yeah, that's what's up, man. Yeah. Oh, man, that was that was a good one, man. Um. You know, we we was uh, gonna we was gonna get it in earlier in the week. I'm glad we waited though. I'm glad we waited because this one it worked out good because because I was able to. I went back. I went back over uh, casino again, and yeah. So I'm glad we ended up waiting to, uh, to get that one done. And uh, yeah, that's what's up, man. But you know, um, but before. I get out of here. I'll let you uh, plug the things that you want to plug or any announcements or anything that you got to got to mention on this 28 Minutes or Less pod. Oh, yeah, for sure, man. Um, first and foremost, you know what I'm saying? Thank you for having me on here, bro. It's always a pleasure, you know what I'm saying, doing the pod with you, man. You know what I'm saying? We had a great conversation. Um, you can catch me on Twitter at Scoops Bronson. That's Scoops with a Z, not with an S. All one word. Um, you can also catch me on Instagram at Scoots Bronson uh, underscore TV. Uh, you can also catch me on the Already Home podcast. You can catch me on the 15 Minutes of Fame podcast, which will be uh, having a new episode uh, this weekend. So you guys keep an eye out for that. Uh, I got a special guest. Uh, the guy named It's a guy named Cheese Navy, who is um, an up-and-coming Miami rapper. Um, you know what I'm saying? I had his brother Phantom on a long time ago, so, you know what I'm saying? It's only right to um, make sure I, I show him some love, too. And then, um, you know what I'm saying? Of course, man, watch the viewers. I mean, or not. Well, yeah, watch. I'm tripping. That's the only one that we can watch. But watch the Viewers Anonymous podcast and subscribe to the Viewers Anonymous podcast. Um, you know what I'm saying? For And go back and watch all those old episodes, especially the Outcry episode that we just, uh, that we did last. And then, last but not least, man, um, if you are on Facebook, uh, follow me on Scoots Bronson Media. I do a um, call-in show from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and it is called Isolated Society. And you know what I'm saying? I, I come up with a topic, and then if you call in, we could talk about that topic, or we could talk about uh, whatever you want to. SDOT has called in multiple times, man, and we've had great conversations. And, um, you know what I'm saying, if you don't feel like calling in, man, you can always just jump in the chat room and we can talk about, you know what I'm saying, whatever. 
So, you know what I'm saying? You guys give me a follow, man. I follow back. And then, you know what I'm saying? I do support and all that stuff, too. So, that's pretty much it, bro. Cool deal, man. I appreciate you, man. We're going to have to talk off air about, about the next Viewers Anonymous or, you know, if we're going to do a classic episode or is there anything that you're looking forward to watching that could be a potential movie oh, yeah. that we'll do next. But, uh, man, first and foremost, man, shout out to uh, the co-host of my main podcast, the Stolen Time Podcast, Uncle Washington. You know, salutes out to him. Yes, sir. Um, also, man, shout out to Casey. Um, usually I have music in the background on my 28 minutes or less, but because we had a guest, I didn't uh, put any background music in. But um, always shout out to Casey, and I appreciate him and the music that he lets me have for free. So shouts out to him. Um, also, shout out to uh, Sinclair. Shout out to Mark. And uh, also shout out to Candace, man, huge supporter of the podcast. And I appreciate all this feedback that she always tends to give me on the podcast. So I appreciate them. Uh, you go follow uh, the Stolen Time Podcast page on Facebook. Uh, follow the Stolen Time Pod page on Instagram and s.foster8 on Instagram as well. This was episode 19 of the 28 Minutes or Less podcast, and we out.